Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs radio show, where we highlight everyone from the top industry leaders to startups and farmers that make it all possible with Chef Jean Blom and photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. I have the esteemed pleasure to introduce you to a restaurateur who wears many hats, who is a James Beard Award winner at this point. So congratulations to that. But um, Trevor, you are the owner of Corinne's Place in Camden, New Jersey, obviously. So how did you get into this business? Um. Hi, my name is Trevor. Thank you for having me on your show. Um, well, I got into the business. Uh, Miss Corinne, the founder uh, who started it, I you know I adopted her as my mom, and um, in 2019, you know she she you know felt that it was time for her to kind of step back a little bit, and she wanted me to step up more and help move the business and you know bring it to an, an, the next level, um, which she did a tremendous job of bringing it to the level she did. Um, that her 34 years of the work that she's put in. Um, so at that point, um, you know, she basically, you know, moved into more of the founder brand ambassador position. And I kind of moved into her position um, um, on the day to day. She's still active on the day to day in the business. You know, you still go out by the restaurant, you'll still see her there. You know, she's still there whipping people into shape and making sure that, you know, everything gets done to her standard. Uh, yeah. And it's very important to, to, mention the fact that, you know, she's she founded this place originally in um, 1989 uh, and built it off of, you know, uh, off of not having any backup um, finances, not having anything that, you know, that you normally would walk into that people, financiers and entrepreneurs are like, make sure when you own a business, you walk in and you have backup money and you have this. And she she opened it up and became a huge success, you know, Ooh. as a, as a woman <laughs> in Camden, like in an area that, that isn't quite known for like so many success for stories. And I don't mean to say that in any kind of negative way, because I know that you are also playing a hand in trying to build up the community. Um, and we'll get to that too. But, you know, she, she built this and built it off of originally with a, um, degree in sociology um, where she was helping out young people and then she just continued to do so throughout her um, restaurant um, entrepreneurism too. And still does, you know, still, it's, it's still, it's something, it's second nature to her to always want to help, always want to give to the community. Um, you know, she has a giving heart, um, you know, and, you know, people that's that's what made her so so strong over these 30 plus years is the fact that how she took care of community and community came back and took care of her you know i still tell her till this day word of mouth is still what builds this business you know we can do as much things on social media we could do as much marketing but it's still the word of mouth that keeps the business going it keeps you know keeps new customers coming in daily yeah. Now, and, and not only word of mouth, but also how delicious it is because <laughs> her food, this isn't the first time she's been highlighted or gotten some sort of um, accolades from somebody who has a, a large name. In this particular case, you know, it was James Beard. Um, but in previous years, she's had some highly notable people who um, have eaten at her establishment and, you know, I, I would love it if you bragged because <laughs> I think it would be more fun if you bragged about um, who she's brought in. But, you know, uh, you know, it's definitely a, a staple um, for the city of Camden. And, you know, we do get a lot of folks come in from athletes to entertainers to um, actors, you know, who, who when they come to the city or they go even to the city of Philly and they ask what's a good place to get food and everyone always refers them to us. So, you know, definitely, um, you know, the food definitely draws a lot of attention to, to the to the place, um, as well as Miss Corinne. Um, and, you know, we're thankful for all the exposure that, you know, we've gotten from the James Beard Award. But yet, to your point, she has gotten a lot of acclimates throughout the years. Um, one of the food critics, uh, Craig Laban from Philly, he, you know, he's one of, you know, he's been writing about Miss Corinne for the last 20 plus years, and they've never met. So they've met recently when he was the one who presented her 
with the Jane Spirit Award. Um, so, you know, yeah, you know, we're thankful for all the blessings that come our way. Uh, most people, Ms. Corinne always says, most people have to go and spend a lot of money to get marketing dollars and to get, but we just get the recognition and we're thankful for it. Yeah. And I mean, I know that she um, she also was visited by, I believe D- Danny Glover was one of the actors that that visited her place, you know, because he was he was filming in um, in Philadelphia. And he did, like you said, he asked around, like, where is the best place to get fried chicken or, you know, s- you know, comfort food? And somebody told him Corinne's place you know, across the bridge. And so he visited you guys. And um, and I believe Corinne wasn't actually in the store when he initially arrived. Um, I, I don't know the full story behind that. And I wish she was here to tell us the story because I'm sure she could tell a better job than I can uh, of that day in, per, in, uh, in particular. But um, I, I, I do remember hearing them speaking about it and she wasn't there, but I think at some point she did get there. And I think they did meet. Um, I, I know we have pictures with her and him, um, but the full story of that backline behind that day, I'm not too full, fully uh, aware of the whole story, how it went down. All right. So, so I was just going to say our, our co-host Gene Blum also joined us. So he probably has some questions for you too. I, more comments than questions. Having, been at Corinne's many times. A couple things that truly stand out to me as a chef and as a food person um, who has traveled extensively uh, to try different foods. The two things that stand out, you know, obviously location. And we're going to say, you know, people will always say, well, you're located in Camden or you're more towards Haddonfield. Or, you know, you are situated dead center, Cadden Avenue you know, in the heart of Camden. And at one point in time, an area that was really hit by, you know, the blight of, you know, the economy and, and other factors. And you just became that cornerstone because of the consistent quality, good food, which leads to good feeling. So that that's my comment and compliment to you. But you guys do, I mean, truly, you know, the the smothered chicken and, and occasion wings do you guys do. But the thing that strikes me and everybody does this or attempts to do it uh, when they do Southern or soul food, they try to do, you know, fried fish and you guys have taken, I don't know if it's your breading or the love that you put into it, but you know, the catfish, the tilapia, uh, the porgy and the whiting, all of them, are just sensational. You seem to be able to bring out the best flavors of, you know, fish that otherwise people would, oh, I don't have any interest in that. It's not striped bass. It's not tuna. It's not whatever. And I, and I'll get into the salmon croquettes later, but, you know, what is it about the breading or the style that you can really just bring out amazing flavors in your fish? Well, you know, definitely if Miss Quinn was here, she'll tell you it's the love that they put in when they when they're seasoning and when they're cooking it. That's a main that's a major ingredient, um, is the love. But you know, we 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 use different style batters um when we bread our fish. Um we we, we have an egg wash where we wash it and then we dip it. So it's it's a it's a it's definitely a formula to it and it it it's time consuming because you know we, we have a crew that has to come in every morning. And start prepping the fish fresh, start breading it fresh. So everything is done f- uh, fresh daily in the restaurant, and and we pride ourselves on that of keeping everything. You know, we with a twenty four hour freshness, so we don't serve anything within twenty four hours. You know, everything twenty four within twenty four hours, we either send out to the seniors or to homeless. We we get it out the building and to somewhere else. But you know, that's one of the main things is keeping it within twenty four hour freshness. And you know, we do have a little special thing we do with our batter. Uh, to get that flavor and taste. Um, and I'm a big fan of the, the, the whiting fish myself. So I know exactly oh, what you're saying. People it, thought. It's, and it gives you a taste. And that's what we wanted with the fish is to give you a taste that made you actually want to come back for more, you know, to get that familiar taste of that fish and just say, you know what, I got to go get some Corinne's fish, <laughs> you know? Well, and then we go on to some of the other wonderful things you guys do. I mean, I, I love your smothered pork chops as well. Your fried pork chops are great, but Cajun pig's feet. So I grew up, my mother was, uh, you know, 
Polish and Lithuanian and always carried, you know, had a jar of pig's feet in the kitchen. And as a child, that was a bit traumatic. But I grew up to enjoy that over time. But you guys take it to that next level by doing it Cajun style. And then, you know, we'll talk about the oxtail in a minute. But, you know, tell us a little bit about the Cajun style pig's feet. Well, yeah, it's it's actually a rub that's done. You know, so we, we use a Cajun rub to season the pig feet. Um, and that kind of gives you that Cajun flavor taste on the pig feet, uh, which makes it a little different than normal pig feet. So it's this, you know, it's a Cajun rub that Miss Corinne has, which we use on the turkey wings as well. Um, it's different, you know, so within a few of our dishes, you might find a Cajun rub that gives it that nice little flavor. It's not hot, spicy, just nice little Cajun taste to it. And the fact that you do oxtail, so few places are willing to take on doing oxtail. You'll see it, uh, oftentimes you'll see it in Philadelphia on food trucks. You'll find it in a very specialized market. I know um, and in Temple University, they have a truck that does oxtail, but you guys do an amazing oxtail. And, and it's probably one of the more expensive things on your menu because it's gone up in price. It's such a specialty item, but... Um, you know, do you get a lot of demand for that? Is that is that one of your better selling dishes? It, it is. It, it, it does sell a lot. And, you know, for a period of time when COVID first started, we had to take it off the menu because of how pricey it got. And we just felt like it was, you know, it'd be, it'd be hard to charge our customers. You know, so we uh, we took that off the menu for a while, for almost a year. And then we put it back on the menu and and it was just by popular demand. People kept asking, where are the oxtails? Where are the oxtails? And we're trying to say that the price of what it is to pay for oxtails be too much for us to pass on to the customer. Plus, also at the same time, we're known for the portions of food that we give out. We give out. So, you know, we can't, you know, um, stray away from what we're known for. So, you know, we, we, we chose not to do it, but everyone kept asking. And when we brought it back out, it, it still, you know, they were happy. They, they paid the price and it sells. It is one of our top sellers. Cajun Turkey Wings is the top seller, though. But, you know, the Oxtails is one of the next top sellers that we, we do sell at the restaurant. Now, I... You touched, oh. <laughs> you touched upon the, your portion sizes, which is truly something that, um, to be seen, you know, that you... What I, what I love about that is people who come in to the restaurant, you know, sometimes you'll go to places where they have big portion sizes and a husband and wife will come in and they'll split a dinner. Not something we see at when I was there. I didn't see any of that. You know, people were coming in, two or three people, and everybody would order something. And sure, they would have enough for probably another meal because you guys do have a really generous portion style. But, you know, it's not that – you, as you said, it's the love of the community giving back, and they're like, you know what, we're going to go in and we're going to spend money. And you know, she's been great to us for all these years. She's been a staple of the community, and you know, you touched upon it—the good feeling that you get when you're at Corinne's is the reason that you've been in business as long as you have. It's not a million-dollar marketing. It's not a gimmick. It's not anything. It is that good feeling. So, you know, kudos to you, your team, to Miss Corinne herself, you know, finally getting the accolades on a national level that she deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank God for that. We were very uh-huh. down. I, I want to touch base also because one of your popular items, and it's something that I crave all the time, is mac and cheese. Um, and I mean, I feel like, yes, mac and cheese is something that like all ages love. Um, but it's like one of those things that you guys are also known for is your mac and cheese along with your fried chicken and, you know, and your turkey wings and everything else. Um, but like... I mean, how how often, like, how craveable is it that, you know, people come in and they love your sides, too, your mac and cheese, your collard greens, you know, your, um, your... Candy yams. Huh? Candy yams. Yeah, your candy yams. Like, yes. I, all, of, all of the sides that go along with, you know, the proteins and whatnot, because it's very filling and very nourishing. No, yeah, and... Um, 
a lot of our sides are made fresh daily. So we have a team in the back pulling greens, cutting greens, uh, cabbage. So everything is done freshly in the back. Um, mac and cheese, yeah, it, it is one of our popular sides. Um, you know, um, you know, it, it it it's you know it's rich the way I look, I call it because of all of the products that goes into making the mac and cheese, the different cheeses, the milk, just. You know, and even during COVID, that was, you know, something that we had to even question just based on dairy going up and the prices, you know, best just based on the ingredients we put in it. We had to, like, you know, struggle with that. And, you know, it, it's been a struggle just because of the pandemic and where prices have gone and us, you know, not compromising on the quality or, you know, our brand as far as what the, you know, uh, our customers are u- used to. And, you know, keep in mind, we have customers that are 34 years strong coming to Karen's. So they know the food, you know, so they'll know if something is not right or something is off. They'll be the first one to call and tell you, hey, this is not right, you know? And sometimes it, it comes down to, you know, maybe certain ingredients were not available um, or, you know, so we had to kind of, you know, improvise to get it close to. Um, but, you know, we, 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 the consistency is one of the things that we pride ourselves on is making sure we're consistent with, all the food do we give to the community, whether it's from the proteins to the sides. Um, you know, we have the, as you would mention, the candy yams, the, the string beans, the collard greens, the cabbage, and we have a cabbage and green mix. We do also a medley where we have okra corn and tomatoes. Um, so, you know, we have a, a wide variety of different sides that, you know, people come, you know, all over. Sometimes people just come there just to order sides. They don't even want proteins. They just want mac and cheese or they just want candy yams, you know, and we sell them in different size portions. So we allow people together, whether it's a personal, someone personal or for uh, a, a group of six or for larger parties, you know, so all our sides and all our meats are available based on, um, you know, the customer need or whatever they're looking to, you know, whether gathering they're looking to have people at. Exactly. And, you know, and based on the gathering, the comment of gathering, like does now I know she she's actually like opened up in the pre previous years um, on Sundays because faith is something that she is a strong thing for for Corinne. Um, and I assume that, you know, you followed suit with uh, with some of her what she's done in the past. Um, and Sundays she kind of opens up and has almost a huge gathering of anybody who, uh, who, who has gone to church and that little side yard, you guys opened it up with, you know, with that as an opportunity for people to, to gather together. So throughout the pandemic, you were doing that as well. Um, which, you know, you're, you're not, obviously you're utilizing the highest quality ingredients, but you know, that also is going to draw people to you too. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, I always tell Miss Corinne, um, you know, she might not have got a degree in business, but, you know, um, the Sunday um, thing that she put together was, you know, was definitely ingenious, you know, on many levels when it comes to business. But her reasoning for doing it when she tells the story was that, you know, as we know her struggle when she first started and making ends meet, um, it was hard, you know, it was a struggle for her. So she created this thing on Sundays where you could come in and get up to five sites, five sides and five meats for one set price. And and definitely marketing with the churches and the local uh, um, local businesses, they will come in on Sundays and patronize her. And what that would do, that would actually she would actually pay her bills from Sundays. You know, because during the week it was slow. So she looked forward to the Sundays where people would pour in just to get these 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 five sides and these five meats for a set price. Um, and it also allowed the community to try, you know, so if someone came in just for one particular dish during the week, they could come in and try the five different sides and five different meats. So now they'll be able to get familiar with all the different um, food that we serve there. You know, so years later, um, you know, we still do it. We still honor it. We still, it's a little, back when she started, it might've been $12. I think we're up to about $20 now. Um, uh, but people still pour in on Sundays. We have lines down the block, um, uh, starting at 12 o'clock where people, uh, you know, coming from church and they'll line up to get, come and get this five sides, five meats. And to your point, um, so during when the governor allowed us to go outside and adopt a the lot, there was a lot next door to us, which we adopted. We cleaned it up. 
um, built a, uh, an outside area, which we christened Miss Corinne's Oasis, um, which we allowed people to come in and still be able to get di- still dine in with us um, at different like different events like bands and um, DJs and different things to keep the community active during COVID and have a place for them to go and, you know, just have a moment to, while we were going through that horrific time in life. Um, so, yeah, the Oasis was pretty big for us and it's still there. People still pour in there and go out there and hang out there. Which is great. Now, time flies when you're having fun. We're having a great conversation. Um, but unfortunately, we have to let you go for the time being. We'd love to have you back. But let our listeners know how to find you online and in person. Okay, we're at Corinne's Place, um, www.corinne'splace.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram, Corinne's Place. Um, and we're located at 1254 Haddon Avenue, right there in the heart of Camden, New Jersey. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Trevor, and we hope to have you back on soon. But for now, we will go to a commercial break and we will be right back. To become a sponsor of Food Farms and Chefs and have your business or event promoted on two radio stations in Philadelphia that play on Tuesdays during Drive Time Radio and on a station in New York on Fridays at 1 p.m., you can email us at foodfarmsandchefs at yahoo.com ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com or arpolicus at gmail.com. Welcome back to Food Firms and Chefs. I have the honor and prestige of introducing all of you to Michelle, who is the VP of Marketing and Communications for Center City District Restaurant Week. And joining us to talk about Restaurant Week and what it is and what we can look forward to. Well, thank you so much for having me. We're I'm delighted to be here. So, Michelle, Center City Restaurant Week has been going on for you know quite a number of years, and I, I remember when it first started. Oh, I want to say there was probably twenty restaurants really that signed on the first year. It wasn't it wasn't that many, um, and it was a lot of the big players in the industry and all. And you and your team and and have really taken Center City Restaurant Week and turned it into, you know, something that's available for people to try little new startups, uh, you know, mom and pops, as well as the big name restaurants and all. So to start off with, how many restaurants are participating this year? So uh, first, before I go to that, I will tell you, Gene, it was 33 restaurants that we had the very first year, the very time around. So you were very close in that number. Uh, I just remember it because it was 33 in 2003. Um, But this year, um, this winter, we are thrilled to have 90 restaurants participating which is the most that we've had um, participating since prior to the pandemic. So we're very excited that that's a, a barometer of the health and vitality of our restaurants in Center City. And just so happy to be able to share all of those with uh, the public. I mean, it really is for our public, you know, for the people that, know who or may not know what Center City Restaurant Week is. You know, it's an opportunity. Restaurants offer different specialties, usually a multiple course, you know, set price menu where you can go in and, you know, sample something that, you know, you may have been a little reluctant to before or when making a choice saying, well, I'm not sure of this place, so I'm going to go to my staple. Here is this great opportunity to go in and you know, kind of step out of your comfort zone or or try something new or just go in and have a wonderful date. And if I could, you know, make the suggestion to our listeners, why not like a week of dates? Because this is really a great opportunity to enjoy great dining in the city of Philadelphia. So that being said, tell us a little bit about how the, you know, what goes into recruiting and, and making this all happen. Well, once again, uh, Gene, you're spot on. Uh, Restaurant Week was started nearly 20 years ago uh, with the purpose of being able to 
cement center cities position as the destination for fine dining in the region. And that's not to minimize the dozens of wonderful restaurants that we have regionally. Um, You know, we are so blessed. But there is no one destination that offers the, the variety and the quality of cuisine that Center City does. So uh, that was the original purpose. As you stated, it's a a three-course, minimum three-course meal uh, for $40 for dinner and $25 for lunch, uh, not including tax, tip, uh, or any cocktails you might have. Uh, But it really is an opportunity for people to come out and try a restaurant that maybe they were hesitant because, you know, it's a little more money usually than they would spend. But this time during restaurant week, you get to try some of the best restaurants in Center City for dinner for $40. So what goes into recruiting our restaurants? Um, Well, a lot of work and a fairly small team that does it. Uh, But we reach out to our restaurants several months in advance to let them know uh, the dates of restaurant week and uh, give them an opportunity to sign up. Then they are, um, once they've signed up, we continue to follow up with them. They need to submit their menu to us. We review the menus to make sure that the $40 meal meets a a $50 value and um, that, you know, they've met all the requirements. Our job at Center City District is to ensure that across all 90 restaurants, you're going to get the um, same level of quality and service and that everybody is doing everything they're supposed to do. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of herding cats, but it's uh, very talented cats And um, it's a whole lot of value for our customer and also a really great opportunity for exposure, uh, make money for our restaurants. You know, it's funny. I have to laugh when you said it's a little bit of herding cats because I grew up in the restaurant industry in Philadelphia and the suburbs and in the catering world and the special events world. And you were so spot on when you said that. I I had a chuckle to myself because we really are, we can be very creative individuals, but, you know, things like getting paperwork back and things like that, always not one of our strengths. Um, So, yes, congratulations on the hard work you do here. But, you know, I I, I need to clarify something for our listeners that's very important. Center City Restaurant Week is not seven days. It's a little bit longer than seven days. It began on the 15th and is running until the 28th. So, you know, there's no, well, I can't fit that in in a week. You know why? You can fit in a week's worth of dates over the course of 13 days. You can make that happen. I know you can because I certainly will be. So, you know, it's a great opportunity. And, and one of the things that's so fun is you go to the website and you look at these restaurants and you go down and you can, you know, okay, let me find five that I've never been to that I want to try. And, you know, you get a quarter of the way in and you're like, well, I got five, but I'm only a quarter of the way in. And, you know, now it's become, where am I going to go? What am I, do I want to go for lunch? Do I want to go for dinner? And, you know, planning it as a consumer is so exciting. It's something to look forward to and really get, you know, excited about. So, you know, you really do create this 
you know, incredible dining experience and food experience for the, you know, the city of Philadelphia. Well, that's uh, certainly our intention. And, you know, I think particularly the winter restaurant week, we're coming out of the holidays, you know, Christmas is over, Hanukkah is over, um, you know, all the holidays are over. And what are we left with? Cold weather and a little bit of a a ho-hum. But restaurant week is a great opportunity to get your friends together, to go out, socialize, you know, create some fun, uh, help out our restaurants, and boost your mood. Um, it's it's a fun time. It's a budget-wise time, and um, it's good for everybody all around. Maybe not your waistline, but everything else. <laughs> now, a, a couple of the other things that are important for people to realize that you guys have brought about and, and did a wonderful job at this. Not only did you get all these restaurants, but you've gone to people, and I'm going to include the infamous Philadelphia Parking Authority, and you have arranged for discounted parking at many lots throughout the city. You know, you have got restaurants now that do takeout as part of this whole thing. So you really have, you know, spread the opportunity for people to enjoy. Maybe, you know, I, I have to get a home every day because, you know, I, I have kids to take care of or whatever, but you could now grab, you know, a meal to go or you're going in town and, you know, we're coming out of the holidays. I don't, I, I don't want to spend $25 for parking, but you can spend $9 because, you know, Center City Restaurant Week and your organization has arranged with those, you know, parking lots and the parking authority to do that so you know kudos to you for that that that's a you know you really made this you, you took away all the barriers there's nothing else to be said just go enjoy well thank you for all your generous compliments first of all we love our parking authority and we love our other parking operators they have been offering discounted parking for this promotion since the very beginning back in in the early 2000s. So we thank them um, so much for their support because um, it is important. And it's important for your listeners to know that they should go on to the website um, and check out what participating uh, facilities, parking facilities are near their restaurant. So please pre-plan for parking. Um, you know, make sure you know, unfortunately, um, every once in a while, we've had somebody go into a facility that's not a participating facility. So they should have signs out. But um, make your life easy and check on the website. There's a map there that lists all the participating facilities and see which one is closest to your um, restaurant. It'll, it'll make everybody's life easier. Um, but yes, uh, they have been generous sponsors of this for a very long time. As for the takeout, that is something that we started during the pandemic. Um, we never canceled restaurant week, even during the pandemic. Uh, we simply tried to make it as inclusive and easy for our restaurants and our customers to partake. So when inside dining wasn't allowed, you know, we did takeout, we did outdoor dining, and those things have, uh, with many restaurants, um, stuck. 
and people, you know, still for a variety of reasons may prefer to do takeout. And there are many of our restaurants that still do offer that. So it really was, as you said, about really eliminating all the barriers we could both for our restaurant proprietors, um, our service uh, help, and and our customers, of course. You know, and, and little things that have come about since the beginning 20 years ago, you know, and, and watching the natural evolution of Restaurant Week, which has been such a wonderful thing, is, you know, now so many restaurants, you have sponsors for signature cocktails and People were doing signature cocktails at their restaurants as well that you could get recipes for. The dining apps such as Open Table, people like that are jumping right on board and they have, you know, entire sections on their site now dedicated to restaurant week. So if that's what you want to go to, you go, if you're an Open Table person, you could just click on the Open Table and, and find all those restaurants. So it, it, it is really just a simple painless, enjoyable, great opportunity to, you know, do different restaurants that you haven't tried, uh, ones that are just coming onto the market. There's a lot of relatively new restaurants on there, as well as amazing staples that have been, you know, Bridget Foy's is on there, other people are on there that have been around for a long time. So, you know, you get opportunities to, you know, really see what's out there and sample that and, you know, at lunch or dinner. Well, and you bring up um, Open Table and um, the Beam brand. Um, They have been sponsors of ours also for many, many years. And we we couldn't do Restaurant Week without their support. So, um, yes, we are thrilled to be able to highlight our our sponsor um liquors and our uh open table our our reservation partner and um they've just been very supportive uh throughout the uh the time that we've been doing restaurant week you know one of the the things i i heard this a long time ago and, and I had a laugh at it because I had, you know, enough knowledge. And, and, you know, I do Restaurant Week every year. I do multiple restaurants every year for Restaurant Week. And, you know, you get people, well, they just trim down their menus. They do this or they do that. And, you know, there's no truth in that. It's usually a, a little bit of a smaller portion. But, you know, you're going to places. You're getting, you know, top-of-the-line seafood. You can go to Morton's. And, you know, you can get incredible op- meal opportunities. And it's not like, you know, they took off the, the filet and they're putting on chicken. No, they're creating a menu, you know, of their food. They want you to come back and be a guest. And that's not going to happen if you're not getting what they're known for. So these restaurants are serving what they serve day in, day out. They're just creating special menus that are tasty menus to go with that. You know, this is not a, you know, we're taking certain things off the menu this is, you know, we, we're making the portion affordable and getting you in and giving you a dining experience. So, you know, anybody, those critics who always said, well, this is, you know, this is all gimmick. It is not. It is. I know many of the chefs who are creating the menus, you know, they put a lot of time and effort into this and, and they're very proud of what's going on. And they're very proud of being part of Restaurant Week. Well, and we, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we do as much quality control as we can. And, you know, if we see a menu coming in and it's not something they typically have on on their menu, we say to them, you know, this makes no sense. You don't want to put something on your restaurant week menu that you don't typically serve and then have a customer love it, come back and be disappointed to find out that you don't typically serve it. Makes absolutely no sense in the world. So 
we do try, if we see something like that, we coach our restaurants um, to, you know, we want this to be a good experience for everyone, the restaurants included. And we want to see people come back um, and create new return customers. And and we do. And, and that is why we do, because we're very... Um, again, trying to make this the best experience for for everyone. You know, for our listeners, as we're winding down on time here, to have to to get off this in just a couple minutes. But you know, just some of the cuisines, and I know I'm not going to get them all here, but I remember looking through the menus that I was looking through. I know you can get you know traditional American, you can get Asian, and you get Indian. You certainly get South American. You get uh, Italian, Mediterranean as well. You get French, you get Cuban, you know, you get all these. And I know like places I'm excited. I'm going down to Spice Finch, one of the participants, you know, right. been there before. I'm really excited about being able to go in and try a menu that chef put together for that. They're one of my favorite restaurants, but you know, so many cuisines are available as part of this. And, and I probably missed a few in there, but you know, really a great opportunity so if people were interested in finding out more, Michelle, yes. where do we go to get this information? Our website is ccdrestaurantweek.com. And there they'll find a list of participating restaurants. They can search it um, alphabetically. They can search it by cuisine. And uh, the menus for the people that have submitted menus – we really encourage them to, to submit the menu so we can put it up on the website because people do plan around those menus. And then they'll be able to find the cocktails you mentioned and also the list of parking facilities. So uh, it's pretty much all there. And for the restaurants that are participants of Open Table, you can click on to the restaurant and click through to open table and make your reservation right there. Well, and, and you know, I'm so happy you have Knob Creek as one of your sponsors this year. They're rye whiskey. I'm a, I'm a brown whiskey or I'm a brown spirits person. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to probably do, you know, five different brown whiskey cocktails over the course of the week. But you know, thank you for all you do, what your team is doing. And if you ever switch to, you know, needing quality assurance people that are, you know, boots on the ground, trust me, Amherst and I will be right there to help you. I do it every year anyway. I'm in trying all your restaurants. And I always discover a couple hidden gems. So thank you for what you do. Uh, again, Center City Restaurant Week. It is open now. It runs, it's a total of 13 days or 14 days, actually, 15th to 28th. Get down there, try some new restaurants. Make and, a reservation. Yep, make a reservation because you will need to do that. They do fill up, but get in there. Lunch, dinner, takeout, it's worth it. Trust me. Thank you, Gene. Thank you so much. Thank you, Michelle. Great having you on. Thank you, Michelle, and we will be right back after this short break. Join us on Food Farms and Chefs Radio Show, where we highlight everyone from top industry leaders to startups and the farmers who make it all possible with co-host Gene Blom and Amaris Pollock with original episodes that debut every Tuesday at 6 p.m. on WWDB 97.5 HD2 and at WWDBAM.com and on your smart speaker. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Food Farms and Chefs. And we have Chef Michael Brenfleck, who is the executive chef at Spice Finch, who um, they are one of the participating restaurants. We just heard from Michelle talking about Center City District Restaurant Week. Uh, chef Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Chef, so let's start off with a little bit uh, about for our listeners, you know, Spice Finch, if for our listeners don't know, is a really great uh, Mediterranean-influenced bar and kitchen, um, you know, with just absolutely fabulous creative flavors, um, you know, 
obviously you have a, you know the huge hand in, in what's coming out of there and driving force behind that. So tell our listeners a little bit about your background, how you got into being a chef, uh, a little bit of the education, and and just uh, your quick you know one minute resume. Sure. Uh, so I uh, am from Allentown, Pennsylvania originally. Um, I went to Penn State for restaurant management. And then decided I definitely wanted to go to culinary school, which I did uh, back home in Bethlehem. Uh, kind of after that, decided I wanted to take the jump, move to the big city and, you know, find a job there where I did at uh, Distrito out in West Philly. Ended up working in Mexican food for quite a while. Um, and then, you know, kind of wanted to make a change, do a little something a little bit different and saw the opening at Spice Finch. And, uh, you know, it's kind of been my home all throughout COVID, although um, I did spend a little bit more time in our other uh, sister restaurant, which happens to be Mexican as well, um, when Spice Finch was closed. Uh, but other than that, you know, I've been a lot of fun kind of learning about this cuisine and, you know, all the different places that we you know, get inspired from on the Mediterranean. So that's been really, really cool. Um, and obviously learning a lot from from Chef Jen there, too. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of kind of me in a nutshell, I guess. Well, now, but you know, stop for a second. You came from Allentown. That, that's a big city. I know Billy Joel sang about it. So <laughs> he did. I think he was actually singing about Bethlehem, though. But he just yes, yes. thought Allentown but sounded he, better. He's thinking about the steel mill. That's correct. Right. You yeah. Know, uh, as as the son of a steel worker, I understand that completely. So, <laughs> um, so Center City Restaurant Week obviously mm-hmm. opened up. Uh, we're we're in the middle of it. Tell our listeners a little bit about the menu that you created for uh, Center City Restaurant Week this year. Right. So uh, we actually pulled a lot from our, our current menu. So we're really looking to kind of, you know, really showcase what Spice Finch is all about, you know, with that, you know, added uh, value of it being Restaurant Week. Um, so we actually, most restaurants are doing three courses. We're actually doing four, uh, which is pretty cool. So we're starting you out with our house-made uh, dips and spreads. Along with some accoutrement, we get uh, we get you some crisps and some vegetable crudite. Uh, then you have a choice of a starter, um, a choice of an entree, and then dessert. So you're getting you know the full the full fledged spice finch experience by uh, you know coming in and doing the restaurant week menu. Um, I can kind of go through every item on the menu if you'd like. Or um... no, 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 no. That, that's a, I, one of the things that I, I was looking through your your um, menu for it, and I love that you start off with the bezzy and. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. I, I think it's a really, really wonderful thing to do. But, you know, the, the flavor is really, um, you know, the, you do a broccoli tabbouleh that is just right. like, wow, I have to commit just to try that now. Like your menu, you know, the chickpea wedges, things like that that just drew me in to where, okay, I may not get the spice fins for restaurant week. I will be honest because you know, I can only get five days or six days in and, you know, having been to Spice Finch before, but you look at this, it's like, oh, I got to go back. Look at all this stuff on the menu. I got to go try this stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. How much time, like, when do you start planning your menu and, and looking at all that for doing this? For for Restaurant Week, um, we kind of, a couple of, you know, months out, you know, we kind of know it's coming. It's, it's you know, going to be a big deal for us and we're going to definitely be a little bit busier than we're used to, so... You know, we kind of take the time to like really look at, you know, our menu. What's good. Like, like I said, what's going to showcase us the best, what's going to be the, you know, most efficient for a little bit, uh, a little bit busier service um, without, you know, without losing out on, on all of our flavors. And I, that's kind of, so we kind of just try and hit, you know, um, all of the, the, you know, the, the benchmarks, the tabbouleh is definitely one thing that's kind of our signature um, that, that you had mentioned. And that is, that is on our, our menu. That's a, one of the options for, uh, the first course. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, the star of the show is obviously going to be our whole fish. Um, so that's, uh, that's a fun one. Um, so everybody, you know, has the option to choose, uh, to get a whole fish, which, uh, as you might expect, a lot of people do. Um, so, uh, we, we cook a lot of fish during restaurant week, but it's, you know, it's, we're used to it at this point. It's a lot of fun. Um, people love it, love the value of it. And, uh, you know, you get that, you know, the, the taste, something that's, you know, normally like that's a, you know, a big commitment. If you come to the restaurant, it's a market price fish with all the accoutrement, but this, you know, we get a slightly smaller version. It's not, you know, it's still a whole fish, but uh, we, again, you get to try that at, uh, at the restaurant week uh, price, which is cool. 
you know, one of the very cool things you have on the menu, the appetizers, is, you know, your blistered peppers. Mm-hmm. So the Cheetos, but, you know, if that wasn't enough for you, then we're going to turn it in and add a little harissa to it as well. Absolutely. You know, but you balance that out really well with some tahini, too, that's going to just, you know, really make it rich and flavorful and keep that going. It's a wonderful, you know, true Mediterranean flavor. Um, I look through it, and, and, you know, the whole fish is certainly an amazing item, and I recommend that anybody go down and look at that and, and make you cook even more fish. But your desserts, even, you know, the fact that you're doing a, a tahini brownie or, you know, that you have the date truffles, like, really, you know, reflects the flavors and the quality of the work. And, you know, like I was saying in the last interview, this is not a bunch of restaurants trying to come up with a gimmick. This is, we want these people in and bringing back and realizing what we do. And, you know, that type of food really reflects that. So, you know, kudos to you on that. Thank you. What is your favorite thing on the menu? Uh, well, so actually it's the, the Lamergues. Which is available on the on the on the restaurant menu as one of the uh, the entrees. Um, I just love making sausage in general, and uh, this one is really really good and has a lot of flavor. We use our harissa, which we make in house, um, and then just lots of herbs and aromatics and different spices, um, and then we grind it in house. It's really 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 tasty, and we uh, serve it with a tomato jam. Uh, that we you know we spent a lot of effort on too, you know, cooking down tomatoes for a really long time in the oven, and then cooking that with some, some vinegar and some uh, ginger and garlic. Um, and then just a little acidic, uh, little salsa on top as well. Um, kind of heavily Spanish influenced, obviously. And that's the cool thing about us is, you know, you're going to see influences from all over, but uh, that one happens to be one of my, my favorites um, being on the Spanish side. Tell me a little bit about, because I, I'm curious on this one. I know Everest is as well. Uh, the date truffles, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's that all about? So that's, it's really cool. It's, it's kind of unique. Um, it's, it's, so it's you know supposed to be like a, a chocolate truffle, except no chocolate. And we actually just take a whole uh, medjool date, which are, you know, they've got a lot of, packed a lot of sugar, really, really soft and flavorful and delicious. Uh, we kind of let them sit a little bit at room temperature. So they're just a little bit softer. And then we roll it in uh, super acidic uh, pomegranate molasses. Mm. And then again, in some cashew streusel. And then just finish it with uh, some lime zest and a little bit of sea salt too, which is uh, just kind of you get like all the senses, all the flavors uh, come alive in this in this one little bite too. So it's uh, kind of a cool little thing. Okay, maybe I have to rethink uh, Restaurant Week and Spice Finch and try to fit it in there someplace. As you just described that, it has my mouth watering. I'll tell you what, whoever does your, you know, you have two signature cocktails, both of them phenomenal, but I also love that, you know, again, you went above and beyond. So you do an optional wine pairing, but it's a yep. two-course pairing. It's not just you get a glass of wine. You know, it's paired. It's a two-course pairing. So, you know, congratulations on that. It, it's well thought out. But, you know, the fact that you created, you know, one of my favorite cocktails in the whole world, in the whole world of Cesarezac, which, you know, the Knob Creek rye and the cognac. Mm-hmm. But then the cardamom bitters and combined with the little absinthe as well. Really cool take. I, I have to come down and have one because, you know, it is my favorite cocktail in the world. One that's really overrated. But, you know, a lot of thought put in from the beverage manager as well. So do you and him sit or do you and her, whoever your beverage manager is, sit down and, and say, you know, what are we going to do to accent or is this something that's on the menu normally? Um, well, I think our, our beverage manager, Megan, she um, puts a lot of thought and effort into the cocktail. She'll definitely kind of, you know, bounce some ideas off of me. And, you know, if, you know, she needs any type of ingredients ordered or anything kind of, you know, prepped, she'll, she'll ask me to help out with that. But she, you know, definitely does a really great job of, of putting all of those, you know, little touches together to make, you know, cocktails really unique and special. And uh, definitely uh, this, uh, the one that we have for restaurant week is definitely no different. And uh We'll probably go really good with a tahini brownie. I feel like you're describing it. I was like, that's a good dessert drink. It sounds like to me. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. And and you know w- w- when you add into that, um, you know the cardamom bitters mm-hmm. and the tahini brown. Oh, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Now I gotta like, uh, 
Okay, I have to rethink my whole week now going on to this. Sorry, yeah. sorry to complicate your life. <laughs> That's okay. You did it in a great way. You did it in a great way. So aside from Restaurant Week, how has business been coming out of COVID and, and moving forward in uh, 2023 and, and beyond? Uh, you know, how's everything going down there at Spice Week or at uh, Spice Bench? It's been great, actually. Um, we had a couple of really great weeks in the new year here, kind of unexpectedly, like kind of just thinking, all right, you know, we're going to get ready for restaurant week. It's going to be slow. It's the new year. Everybody's kind of sitting at home, relaxing, you know, doing their, their new year's resolution thing. But um, that hasn't been the case. We actually, you know, like had a couple of really good weekends. Uh, and I even noticed that uh, there's a lot of people out and about um, walking home on Saturday night too. So um People are definitely out. People are excited to be out. They're used to being in. And I think that that's the, the change. And we've been uh, experiencing some some good upswing from that, too. So that's been really cool. Yeah, I mean, certainly the weather has cooperated with us a lot. Mm-hmm. I um, Where I'm at here in Bucks County, uh, we have a, a brewery here that I'm part of as well. And um, I've seen that the last couple of weekends. You know, more and more new people coming out and coming into the brewery and, you know, families even coming in and just been, you know, not what I expected for the first couple of weeks in January when, okay, you know, we're coming out. People are going to try to save a little bit of money after the holiday, right. uh, you know, kind of make their resolutions, um, you know, God bless them in their resolutions. It doesn't seem like any of them are food and drink related. So I'm happy to hear that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been um, a good year so far, I, I think, for our industry um, as well. So talking about the Philadelphia restaurant scene, you know, you, you're from the area, say, you know, the you know Lehigh Valley, things like that. What do you think the big difference is, um, you know, from Philadelphia to, you know, other cities that makes – Philadelphia is such a culinary mecca. Uh, what, what, what do you, you know? I have my thoughts on why we stand out as a food city, but what are yours? Um, I think it's this, it's this really like strong willingness by people in Philadelphia to try new things and to try different types of cuisines, ones they're not familiar with. Um, you know, you're going to get that in in New York, New York or San Francisco. There's going to be a wide variety of things, but I think that's just by sheer volume of people. But, you know, Philadelphia is kind of a small city in a way. And I think we probably have a larger, I I mean, I'm speculating, I can't say this factually, that a larger percentage of ethnic restaurants than, than most cities would. Um, And uh, I think that's the biggest thing that, that, or, you know, people are drawn to, you know, with the, uh, you know, Zahav obviously being what it is. And then you have Kalea, just like, it's just, there's no, it's not that like fine dining necessarily like, you know, tasting menu, thing that you see it's it's really all about the cuisine and the food and the flavors and um i think I, that that'll that one thing is what i think makes philly so special and um it what it has to offer that's it you know it's it's very funny because i and i love that answer because it to me you right on and i really never looked at it that way um you know i always approach it from you know the culinary talent we get where People come out of CIA or Johnson Wales and they all want to be in New York because of that. And then they try to live there and realize they can't afford it. So we get some people coming down. But then we also get the local culinary schools, which are so many of them, you know, um, that, you know, produce great, great talent because of the, you know, blue collar, hardworking, you know, middle class environment that we came from, as well as. You know, products around here, you came from Lehigh Valley. So, you know, you know the farms out that way as well as poultry. And then we go down to Delmarva and we got the Chesapeake Bay. And, you know, we got so many farms in Bucks County and great products all around. I, I always thought that, you know, we have this really cool spot for, you know, talent and food right here, you know, within a short distance. You can get really great product. But, you, know, you just really did touch on something unique. We are a, a group of people. We have a great foodie community in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. We really do, and, it, and it's wonderful to see. So, anything new on the on the horizon for Spice Finch, or you know, new menu for the spring? Uh, you know, what do we got on the on the 
Uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely yeah. working on some some new items, um, some new uh, some new entrees that uh, we're looking to kind of add to the menu within the next you know month or two, um, and then just you know just the general you know revamping, trying to keep things fresh as always is you know something without of course you know losing our you know our mainstays our staples they're they're never gonna gonna go anywhere but we definitely like to try and you know try out different things you know there's so much that the mediterranean just calling a restaurant mediterranean there's just so much you can touch on and it's been really cool like i said before like just learning about different cuisines whether it be you know moroccan or anything from the middle east or greece it's just there's so much, there's so much to do. And it's like, I'm like, I was like a kid in a candy store, like, Oh, let's try this. Let's try this. And it's just, so, you know, anytime I get the opportunity where we, you know, kind of taste things as a group, as a team and kind of decide if this, you know, works for us, works for our menu. Uh, that's, a, that's been a lot of fun. So we're really out of time here, but where could people find out about spice Finch besides open table restaurant week? How do people get in touch with spice Finch all together to make reservations? So we are on resi. Um, so you can go there and make a reservation. We we try our best to accommodate walk-ins, but I, I think mentioned earlier that it's just definitely best to make a reservation for the day that you're trying to come. Um, we do have a bar as well. So if you wanted to walk in, uh, the full menus and the restaurant week menu are available at the bar. If you don't get a reservation for the time you want. And uh, yeah, so that's, you know, standard, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, we are definitely fill, filling up pretty good for the, for the next couple of weeks. So. <laughs> Well, Chef, thank you for joining us. Um, you know, love your story, love your restaurant. Um, you know, Spice Finch is really a, you know, one of the great flavors in the city of Philadelphia. Thank you for all you're thank doing. You thank you for joining us on Food Farms and Chefs. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. And you can find Gene Blum at IB Foodie Two or Gene Blum on social media, or you can email me directly at. I-B-F-O-O-D-I-E, the number two at yahoo.com. And you can find me at arpolicus at, ya- uh, at gmail.com or arpolicus at across all social media platforms. And you can always tune in also to find us Food Farms and Chefs or Food Farms and Chefs. Happy Tuesday, everyone. <laughs>